social distancing. Small groups. Reacting to the unexpected. Takes a lot of knowing. Self-quarantine. This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Casey Smith and Michael Griffin. And uh, guys, uh, we do have a situation we want to talk about this week. Uh, um, got a couple in their mid-60s, Natalie and Jeremy. Um, they're within a few years of retirement, but the recent downturn in the market from the coronavirus pandemic and their fear of uh, future downturn, downturns, easy for me to say, uh, has them wondering if they should wait to retire until the market recovers. So, um, you know, over the past few years, they've they've been uh, moving their money into fixed investments. Um, most of their wealth is tied up in retirement accounts, 401ks and IRAs. Really not uncommon. I, you know, that's a that's a probably the most common way that folks save their money. Um, they've moved the money uh, they'll need to begin withdrawing into bond funds. So it is still within those 401ks and IRAs. Uh, when the market was at uh, or near its lowest in March, whether I said that right or not in the first segment, um, it was March. February. <coughs> lowest was March, yes. Yeah. The highest was February. See, yes, you did say to... it right. You said it right in the first <laughs> Well, segment. not the first try. But no, or the second. I, we but the third, get... the third time you got it right. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> Uh, they sold most of the stocks in their bro- brokerage account for bonds. So they sold at the bottom. Mm. Uh, they estimate they've, uh, they're about, or they have about uh, three years of fixed income in their brokerage account. Uh, now that the market has rebounded some, they're wondering if they should have left some in growth investments. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot to talk about here, right? Yeah, for it's sure. It's real easy to panic and do the wrong thing when uh, when times look the bleakest. Uh, it's it's not unusual. Um, our phone rings off the hook when yeah. you have significant downturns. I mean, people who were all in um, in equities in February and held them through mid March uh, would have lost about one third of their wealth. Yeah. Well, let's just think about this from, you know, the way that we look at managing money and in context of the 10 year rule, because I think that's the easiest place to start. Absolutely. Had they been following a 10 year rule, um, you know, then they would have probably already had enough money in fixed income. It says that they've been moving money to fixed over the past few years, which is great because presumably if they need it, then that's what they should be doing. Um, but if they would have, you know, been following a 10 year rule, then you get within 10 years of needing that money, which is for most people retirement, you would have had 10 years worth of expected withdrawals out of the market. You would have, it would have all been in bonds or bond funds. Um, you know, we can debate whether bond funds are the way to go, but regardless, it wouldn't have been in the stock market and it wouldn't have taken as big of a hit as the, the S and P or whatever equity market you want to look at. Right. Um, and so they, yes, they would have ridden it down um, to the bottom, would have lost a third of their money probably or somewhere in that ballpark, but they would have remained invested. And that's the most important thing, right? Because right. you wouldn't have had to sell and hopefully they wouldn't have panic sold because they would have known that they've got money set aside in fixed income. So they don't, they don't need to sell. It's a loss, but it's a loss on paper. Right. So you're not selling, locking in that loss. You allow it to recover. And now they would have been back to you know, where they were almost to where they were before the whole panic started, um, at least close to where they were at the beginning of the year. Right. And that was after a 30% gain in 19. 
So uh, exactly, and see that's that's one of the big things that I think is is missing here. We we uh, talked at length all of last year about how we uh, saw so many gains in the market. I mean, Apple was up 80% in 2019. Right. Um, Based you know, on market, really zero earnings growth. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and the market overall had very limited uh, earnings growth. I think it was 0.6%. Yeah. And the market was up 32.5% yeah. uh, during 2019. When we saw that going, this is the beauty of working with an advisor, we started telling people, Hey, the market looks a little expensive. If you don't have your next 10 years uh, spending covered, it's time to do that. Yeah. Well, a lot of people think when they hear 10-year rule, and let's say they're spending 100 grand a year, and they're thinking, well, gosh, I got to have a million dollars in fixed income. That's not necessarily the case. You know, you you do a plan, you figure out how much do you actually need from your portfolio. Right. And you you know, if you're in a taxable portfolio, it's going to generate dividends, and that's going to cover some of it. You're going right. to get Social Security maybe a pension, some other income sources, maybe you've got rental properties. It's not all coming from the principal of your portfolio. Correct. So you have to do kind of some financial planning to figure out what is what are those liquidity needs that you're going to going to have over the next 10 years and that portion is what you put in fixed income and and the the reason that you do that is just as you said casey it it actually does act as a, a way that you can mentally work through when things do go wrong and let's face it equity markets are volatile yeah you know that you're talking about bond funds and various other things if you look at the bond market overall the volatility in the in the bond market is somewhere on the level of two to three percent and that's an annualized uh, fluctuation in price. Right. In the equity markets, somewhere between 17 and 18 percent. Right. Uh, a significant difference. Huge. And and I mean that's that's the whole premise behind the 10-year rule. I mean it's really it's more of a behavioral concept than anything. It's it's to protect Absolutely. you from making those decisions like <laughs> Natalie and Jeremy made. From yeah. yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And let's face it, we're all subjected to that. Yeah. Uh, if it were my money, uh, there's no telling. I might would panic and do something that didn't make sense in the aftermath too. Right. Uh, and that's it's really easy to do. I mean, it's when it's your money, it's easy to get emotional about it and uh, make decisions that are not in your best interest in the long run. And I mean, you know, we're all subject to it. It's kind of a herd mentality thing. And, you know, we're going to have to take a break here in a minute. But maybe when we come back, we can talk a little bit more about the behavioral decisions and why why do people act this way? Um, can't explain it, you know, and we're not psychologists, but <laughs> we'll do the best to kind of flesh out some of the reasons that we've seen why people make these decisions. No doubt. Been having a pretty good conversation about uh uh, what not to do, maybe what to do, how you can look at it from either direction you want to. Uh, if you have questions um, that you would like for us to answer on the air, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through our question hotline. The number is 1-855-429-9166. Uh, the way it works, you uh, call in, you'll hear our recording. You leave your voicemail after the beep, and we'll answer your question on the next show. Uh We'll play it back on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, if you would rather call and talk to a human being, you can do that as well. The number is 770-429-9166. You can call in, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, somebody will patch you through to her. She'll take your question, get it to us, and we'll answer it on the air. Um, if you don't want to do either of those, you can always email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H E N. S S L E R dot com. Um, 
Or you can go to our website, Hensler.com, spelled in the same manner, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, we have lots and lots of information that uh, we have loaded up on the website. There's lots of information about COVID-19 and the government response, um, things that you might be thinking about. Uh, if you have uh, gotten a, a PPP um, loan, is it? Is that what we're calling them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you've got forgivable help, loan, there you go. Forgivable, and, and if it's not forgiven, it turns into a very low cost. Yeah, and they just expanded the uh, the terms on that. It hasn't been signed yet. It's Thursday we're recording this, and the president hasn't signed it yet, but it's expected to be signed into law, an extension of that that uh, bill, the Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, like I say, you can find all manner of information on our website, Hensler.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer your Questions on the air, but uh, if you want to do your research yourself, there's plenty of uh, information on our website to help you out. So, uh, guys, when we uh, were talking in our last segment, we were talking about Natalie and Jeremy, who uh, didn't really knock the ball out of the park when uh, when it comes to uh, recent economic events and uh, their investments. Um they're looking to to retire soon, or or at least they were looking to retire soon. Yeah, it looks like they sold sold out of the market, uh, at least in large part, and right pretty much at the bottom and right. at the end of March. Um, and looking to kind of, I guess they're second guessing that decision right now, rightfully so, because yeah. the market has recovered mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? quite a bit. Um, Absolutely. I mean, and this is what we are here for, you know. If they you know talk to us first, I mean. I had so many people call me in in March and in April and I mean should I sell? I was like, no, you're you have ten years of liquidity. We're, we're not going to do anything right now. Oh, okay, and that was it. That was the conversation. And you know, people just want to be reassured. And and obviously, Natalie and Jeremy didn't have anybody to call right? to reassure them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of this comes down to just kind of human behavior in general, and the way Without that we the way that we think about decisions. I mean, there's been a lot of studies done about loss aversion and what that looks like, sure. and the fact that you know most people, Michael, not to put you on the spot, but let me just I'll just ask you if you had a, an opportunity, you're gonna play a game, right? Okay. I'm gonna give you fifty dollars. Okay. Or I'm gonna flip a coin and give you a chance to win a hundred dollars if it's heads, and if it's tails, you get nothing. What do you do? Man, I'd probably take the 50-50 chance. The, the odds are better. Okay, well, you're not like most people, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're off the radio show. <laughs> Bye, Michael. No, I mean, most people would, would take the sure thing. They'd say, well, all right, it's 50 yeah, bucks, yeah. and I'll get 50 bucks, better than a 50% chance I get zero, which really the odds are pretty much exactly the same, right? The, yeah, the probability the of getting the $50 is the... It's a 50% chance of 100 bucks or 50% chance of zero... The outcome is 50 bucks if you right. average that together. Um, on the flip side, no pun intended, if you were to offer you a sure $50 loss or flip a coin and you either um, you either get zero or you lose 100, oh, what are you going to lo- do there? I'd lose 50. See, most people are more risk-seeking in that uh, instance. When you yeah. have something to lose, they're willing to, to bet uh, on the greater loss for the chance that maybe they lose nothing. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I say I'd lose 50, but then, I mean, I don't know. That's a hard one. I mean, because you don't <laughs> want to lose anything, but you don't want to lose 
double. Right. I don't know. That's difficult. Well, mo- most people in the studies that they've done have found that people are risk seeking in that second scenario when there's something to be lost. Um, so can I sum this up? On this show, we have discovered that Michael is not normal. <laughs> the opposite. That's that's fair. That's fair, Troy. I mean, you know, everybody's a little different in their own special way. Okay. <laughs> you go, Sounds like you've been talking to your mom lately. <laughs> uh, Michael, you know, I love you. Uh, but either way, you are absolutely right. There's been lots and lots of studies that determine, you know, uh, human behavior. And you're right. When people have a loss, they're more likely to tell you, no, I, I want to wait until it comes back and then I'll sell it. Yeah, it's that gambler's mentality. I'm right. just going to keep doubling down until I make my money back. And and then there's quite a few that when they have big gains, knowing that they might have to pay taxes if they sell it, yeah. they'll just ride it out. So this is exactly the conversation that you have with clients is, you know, at the end of last year, it was almost impossible to get somebody to sell out of the market. It was difficult. You know, pay taxes possibly, even if there were no taxes, it's like, well, you want to sell me out of the market, which is up 30% and put me in a bond that's yielding, what, one and a half, two percent maybe? Why would I do that? Well, now we've seen why. Um, exactly. And, when, and in this scenario with uh, Jeremy and Natalie selling out at the at the exact wrong time, um, you know, it's easy to do that because that's what you naturally want to do. But you have to kind of resist that temptation. And uh, if you do your planning right, then it becomes kind of a moot point. And you don't have to worry about those decisions because you're I mean, you may still worry about it, but it, it's a lot right. easier to justify staying in the market when the market's down 33% if you know you don't need that money in the next 10 years. Yeah, and there can be some significant damage. I mean, you know, the the market going down, obviously, if you go down 33.5% or, you know, almost 34%, uh, it takes more than a 34% gain right. to get you back to that zero. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the old adage is you lose 50%. You got to make a hundred percent to get you back to zero. It's not too common that you see the market go up like that. Yeah, if you you got a dollar and you lose fifty cents, you make fifty percent back because that's what you lost. You now have seventy five cents. Right. So uh, you're you're not all the way back to where you started from. Far from it. Exactly. We've seen that with energy. Energy's right. come back over fifty percent, which it was not down, or it was probably down about fifty percent. Yeah, it was down significantly. Um, but it's made significant strides back from where it was, but it's still not close to where, you know, the previous high was. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, it's a, it's a mental game. All of us play. It's the reason that me and Casey and Michael all have, uh, somebody else help us, uh, when it comes to our own money. Um, and, and it's, um, you know, it, it kind of protects you from yourself, if you will, mm-hmm. to have somebody else that can just kind of speak, it, you know, it, it's unemotional for them. They're not losing anything except maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> your love. But, uh, <laughs> the reality is, um, when you have somebody that's, that's not emotional about it, they can actually speak to you in, in terms that, uh, that can maybe talk you back out of the emotions yeah. that we all as human beings have to deal with. Not easy to do, for sure. No doubt. We will take a real quick break, and when we get back, you'll hear more, and we'll probably also answer some more financial questions. You're listening to Money Talks. Secret Destroyer.
All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.